on this week's third and forever, Kevin and I recap a doubt. I don't want to talk about it. Week two, uh, we go into <laughs> segments followed with a uh, performance of the week, Nathan Peterman award winner, stock up, stock down. And then we preview week three and then end things as always with the two minute drill. All right, let's go. Recap Week 3 Preview of the Third and Forever Football Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin. Kevin Olm, how are you doing, buddy? I think the real question is, how are you doing, yeah. my friend? Um, well, uh, we, we established last uh, week that the, that the panic button has not been hit. No. And I, nor, th- I, I don't remember what you it, said about eyeballing I have, it. I haven't pressed it. No, you you insinuate the eyeballing. Okay, okay. But um, I like to think that I'm like one of those chameleons that kind of like can move eyes different directions. Mm. Uh, one's looking straight <laughs> ahead at, down the schedule, week three, um, and then but 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 my right eye is starting to drift a it's, little bit. It's, I, yeah, I, it's, it's just kinda, I can kind of see it in the peripheral. Um, Mosey in that direction, making yeah. sure it's still there. So. We'll we'll all go into my thoughts on the game, <laughs> but let's start because we had our first of two times that our AFC teams played each other, and yep. it was on Thursday night. And this game did not disappoint. No, I, I mean really smash that it. over. It was yeah. it was pretty exciting, all things I considered. I really enjoyed this one, and like for a thing when you you talk about it, normally you know you see Bengals Browns as a Thursday night game. That's a pretty standard Thursday night oh, that, game. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a missable Thursday night game. Yeah. I would say you Where can, it's like one of those things like, eh, you can but, go to something else for that one, but this had something different and it had, you know, two of the last three first round picks playing each other for the first time. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. be playing each other a lot for the next foreseeable future. And that's of course, Baker Mayfield. Uh, he was the first overall pick two years ago. And then, um, taking on Joe Burrow and the Bengals, who was this year's first overall pick. And both both quarterbacks look great. Both you know. quarterbacks look great. The thing that struck me on the Cleveland side of this matchup was that, uh, I, I mean, this looked like, I, you know, and I don't know if you want to say the Bengals don't have a good defense, but this looked like the Cleveland Browns that we were promised last year, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas week one, and, you know, another granted, it was against the Ravens, who are an excellent right. defense, right. but... You know, that looked like the Browns that did happen last year, and it just yeah. looked like an extension. So I'm really not sure what to do with them at this point. I'm, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think when I was watching it, you know, this is one of those things, like, as a Vikings fan, you know, I was able to watch this game, and I was like, literally, this game was peak Stefanski. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. This, was, this was his style of offense, a lot of play action, a lot of boots out to the left. And that one where we were talking about before, where he threw the touchdown to Odell mm-hmm. that where he booted out to the left. I was like, cousins did that like five times last year. And I'm like, this is all I can think of, but mm-hmm. like, and I, you know, well, I, and they, I, and they have a good home run guy in yeah. uh, OBJ too. Yeah, so they can sure. make that happen. And they have two awesome running backs. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing that stuck out. Both of them had a great day. Just a one-two punch. It's it's and it's one of those. It's one, worth two, relentless. Kick. Yeah, like kick punch, <laughs> <And> <laughs> kick puncher. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, 
what it did show was the Bengals are they have a talented they have talent on their team. They just aren't quite they not maybe not on the defensive side. Offensively, they definitely have it. Joe Burrow's the real deal. Like he yeah. he made plays and he's he's like what I love about him is people only know him a lot because of last year, obviously at LSU. I mean, he had the mm-hmm. most you can argue the most like dominant season by a quarterback ever in college football history. And the year before, though, he was it was more of a runner. He wasn't really developed into that passer yet. He still had it there, but he was running a lot. So he wasn't putting up crazy good numbers. But he what it showed was he's he's tough. Like he has no problem, mm-hmm. you know, taking hits. And granted, in college you can get away with it. Hits are not going to be necessarily as big as in the, you're going to get in the NFL. You don't want to see your quarterback, regardless of build and their toughness, taking shots repeatedly. But he still did. And since he better start building people around that, protecting him because he's he's legit. Yeah. He's he's legit. I mean, he played awesome. Three hundred sixteen yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. He's he's the real deal, I think, and and it looks to be something that, you know, hopefully can be sustained long term mm-hmm. and just, you know, developed further in his career. I mean, my only complaint on the Joe Burrow side is that he needs to grow any facial hair. And <laughs> like he looks like he's twelve. Like he looks like Macaulay Culkin. Like he's he, like well, Home yeah, Alone he's, Four, he's like version of like Macaulay starting Culkin. for the Bengals. Yeah. yeah, he who I mean the adult version of Macaulay Culkin these days is just Macaulay Culkin because he's like forty. But yeah, yeah. But he just looks like a tall version of that, and it's just mm-hmm. it, it's and I you know I, rookies kind of always they just kind of look skinnier than everybody else their first year especially, but that. I don't know, he's just got to get, like, even just, like, some stubble, just something. I don't know, that's not his brand. That doesn't really seem to be his brand, though. I don't no, know. I just... I, he's a pretty humble... He's, like, a... Not, like... I, he is kind of, like, a humble guy, except, like, on the football field, maybe, but... Yeah, like, well, he's, and You he's, know, he's from Ohio. He's just, well, that, That's know, the other thing, too, is that, like, you look at Joe Burrow, you look at Baker Mayfield, talk about two different personalities leading a football team, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and both, you know, talented and stuff like that, and... I you know I I don't know if you could say which uh, approach works better but yeah you know very different guys that's oh, for interesting sure. to see the the kind of the duality there of the first round picks yeah and you know I I think it I think this game bodes bodes well for both teams' future I I really do yeah, I and, and neither not, team is, is challenging this year you know like no, they no. they're not going to do anything but no since he, if they if Cincinnati wins six games this year. That's a success. I mean, obviously, you know, it's hard to do with a massive turnover that they did, or at least, you know, with a new franchise quarterback in there. Um, but it's it's great that he's starting right away. I think, you know, I'm I'm the advocate of if the guy actually has it, he should have no problem starting his rookie year if needed. Obviously, if there's already a legitimate starter in there, then he doesn't need to. But if if it's something like I don't I'm not a big believer of the the Tyrod way, the Fitzmagic way, you know, where you just, where you guys kind of hide them behind some sort yeah, of established and you starter. wait until they're kind of thrust into it. If things are really bad and you throw them in there, it's well, like, you can, I don't you know. can throw them in there. I think with the caveat that you can't expect them to make the playoffs and stuff like right. that for, yeah. purely for the purposes of evaluating, you know, Joe Burrow lost the game. He looked great, you know? So, and, and same thing last week. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, very, very close to winning that game. Or at least you know, forcing overtime. Yeah, yeah, seeing what happens. But I mean, 
as long as you throw them in there and then you don't crucify them over every loss, I, I have no issue with that either. It's when you, you know, put these guys in and, and, and you know, and then they get torn to shreds by media narratives and things like yeah. that. I don't know. I, that, I think, can be detrimental, but I don't think that's happening here. Yeah, I think it's when you throw – when you put a rookie in there, your quarterback, and then you keep – then you take him out and you put him back in and take – like kind of like what they did with Josh Rosen. You know, they never – no organization that he's been on has given him the keys. No, nobody like, ever committed to Josh no. Rosen. And so that's that's the problem with it, you know, and – and I think a lot of it, too, was that happened with Cleveland for a long time. I mean, they were stuck in purgatory where they didn't commit to a guy. At least now they've committed to Baker. Well, yeah, there's I mean, that meme with the, the Browns jersey with just like oh, 50 yeah. names on it yeah. in the last, like, you know, 20 years. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you have to allow time for results to happen. You can't just expect it to, to all of a sudden happen like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what's detrimental to the young quarterbacks. But, it's again, it's, it's so hard to – to gauge that i mean quarterbacks come out of no come out from all over the place i think i saw something where it's like there's more hall of fame quarterbacks that were undrafted than there are first round picks or like first yeah so it's 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 wild wild that like you know it it, the surest thing Mm -hmm. is is not guaranteed so that's why i want to i will once say one thing about burrow that i noticed um he seems to stare down his throws a lot yeah um needs to be careful with that obviously where College, you get away with it, but NFL, you can't do that because there's say like safeties are going to pick that all day long. Well, and, and, and Joe Burrow is going to have at least four games this year, you know, yeah. minimum that he looks pretty bad, and I'm willing to bet yeah, that's going to be Ravens, Ravens, Steelers, sure. Steelers. Like, yeah, it's going to be bad, you know. And I, I think it's going to be a big learning moment, and you have to, you know, and that I think that will come to when you have more rapport with your receiving core and. And all that when you have that trust and knowledge of the playbook where you know where mm-hmm. they're supposed to be, and then you can just quickly dart across, look, you know, switch your head view to the other side of the field and throw it right away. You know, you don't, you just have to, you have to know that, and that'll come with experience. But yeah, just that'll come, that that'll come with experience and comfort with running the offense. I have yeah. something to ask, a uh, question to pose to you: mm-hmm. what, what, ha- what's going on with AJ Green? Is he? Is he just uh, old now? Is like yeah, he, I mean, he's not that's hurt. Not, I think he's healthy. It's not ideal having thirteen targets and only three receptions to speak for it. You know, no. well, um, and that's I know Andy Dalton, AJ Green back in the day was like the highest interception rate of attempts between you know wide receiver one and a quarterback. Yeah, and I I mean I don't I, I'm not to say that it's AJ Green's fault, but it's just that is such a low percentage. You know, I, I think it's just one of those, you know, he is 32, um, but it also might be an over, over-reliance on it where Burrow just kind of wants to, where he throws it and thinks that AJ might be able to win a one-on-one or maybe a one-on-two. And so that racks up targets that way. I don't think it's blatant, like, drops or it's probably, poor routes. It, like it's probably, now that you say that, that kind of makes me think it's probably a combination of kind of, you know, for the last couple of years – uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was that right. guy where, you know, you just throw it up there and hope he makes a play. The the difference in this situation being, you know, A.J. Green may not he, – he's not a DeAndre Hopkins at this point in his career. No, so no. when you, you know, kind of funnel targets, you know, his way, he's not as able to kind of make it look good for lack no. of a better and, term. And I think that, you know, the Tyler Boyd – and Joe Mixon are your, are the playmakers of this offense. You know, AJ Green is 
he's I still think he has some left in the tank, but it's nowhere near the longevity or the production that you're going to get from a Tyler Boyd or a Joe Mixon. I'm really bummed about um, CJ Uzama. Yeah, he so had a that, hell of a game until it, the injury was tough. I mean, I, I think I, I don't know the he had to have surgery on it, so I don't know if it's fully season ending. Um, I don't think it's fully season ending, but I but think it's it's, it's a long most time. of the season. Yeah, yeah he will so, be back for a while. It's tough because um, tight ends can be our serve as that safety blanket for rookie quarterbacks. You know, it's it's a nice wide big target to throw at, and you know it, it's a bummer because he well, was and then set he to did, finally have you know, a breakout year after Eifert was gone finally. Yeah, and, well, and, and and to what you said about tight ends, I mean, then Drew Sample, you know, seven oh, yeah. receptions for 45 yards. Who the hell is yeah. Drew Sample? You know, he was right. their next guy up. And, yeah, so it seems like seems like uh, Burrow really likes targeting tight ends. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, move on. Um, I only have a few thoughts on my game. Uh, so, obviously, the Vikings lost to Indy 28-11. to Um Slow starts after the after a good first drive plague us yet again. Um, you know, it, the only thing I can say is I, I I worry that the play call it just it just seems so handcuffed. I, you know, it just it just seems yeah. like I and I I know Zimmer has had a history of doing this in the last couple of years where it seems that he kind of meddles a little bit or tries to control overextend himself from, you know, as a head coach typically wants to know, you know, what's going on. They're not, but I, I think the best thing for this team is if Zimmer just, you know, obviously is the head coach, but fully just worries about the defense and lets Gary, who is a, you know, successful head coach in this league, take the offense, let it be. And also adapt. There's no adapting throughout the game it seems like they stand script and it's like well this should be working but it's not so you need to change that and it's frustrating because i don't you know kirk played bad he had he had some bad decisions mm-hmm. um i don't hate that chance that he took that for the first pick where he threw it deep to thielen um it was just I, it was just underthrown yeah. I, I would give him like pick. one and a half picks this game yeah. one was his fault one was kind of not, and then the third one was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. So, yeah. you know, so it, the stat line looks even worse than it was. It wasn't right. good, but... And and also, it's it's hard to see, because, like, you know, Dalvin's been productive, the carries he gets. The problem is he's getting 14 carries, you know. I'm not saying run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, because it's not like Kirk threw it a shit ton, because he only had 26 attempts. But I, I think it's... It's a struggle where they they can't extend drives. I think like the average play we have is like four and a half, which is not good. Um, you know, we we keep we're we're trying things that aren't working. You know, it's almost like you like I not say I hate nickel and dime offenses where you kind of just chip your way down the field. Mm-hmm. But at least if, you know if what your script is not if it's not working, go to that. Go to that so you can at least some sustain some drives. Give the defense a breather, and it's it's frustrating because the defense didn't. I didn't think they played that bad today. That that game, you know, they they weren't able to stop Jonathan Taylor before he got four yards, which was unfortunate. But like, you know, just you know, and they, the you look thing, at the receivers, they held them up mm-hmm. except for their backup tight end. We made him look like fucking Tony Gonzalez, which Man, sucks. Quite large. Yeah. But like it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's frustrating. And I and I think Kirk needs to trust some of the other guys more, other receivers. But it's hard because every time they do, they typically have a tipped ball that ends up being picked. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's hard to build that trust. But it, it seems to me. And, and I didn't watch the whole. I, you know, I only I didn't watch the game at all, actually. But I saw, you know, I watched highlights and I listened to, you know, some analysis and stuff like that in the last couple of days. Yeah. It seems to me like the Vikings have two problems that feed into each other, like two general problems. One is that the defense, it, it's not the defense isn't horrible. You guys are not, you know, bottom five of the league or something like that. It's nowhere near what it was, right. and I feel like there's an unwillingness on the part of some people to acknowledge that, you know, there's just, there's player turnover and there's other factors at play that, and especially now with a bar out, I mean, why do bad things happen to good people? But, you know, it's not going to, you know, it, it, the, the defense is a significant step down this year, just kind of in general. And so that leads to going down early. You know, I mean, it, it was, you know, 15 to three, you know, in the second half at the end of the, or at the end of the first half in this game. And it was kind of the same thing with the Packers. And then once you go down the whole Delvin cook centric offense yeah. is in you trouble. Can't really run the ball. It's hard to run the ball at that point. Yeah. And so then you have to rely on Kirk and Thielen, who is, you know, obviously the, you know, the, the priority for the opposing defense. And he gets, you know, taken away to a certain degree, whether or not that's successful. And then you have, you know, Kirk, who's fine throwing to a bunch of guys that, you know, I've barely heard of. And I, you know, watch these guys a decent amount. And it's just in the whole offense is built around kind of that ground pound Delvin Cook kind of philosophy. And you right. can no longer use that after the first quarter, basically. And that, that's it. That's what stands out to me, where it's like these things just play off of each other and you get in a hole and then you're not built to come back from a hole. And it just makes it worse. I, I, does that sound yeah. like something yeah, that no, kind of makes I mean, sense to you? Yeah, and I think what it comes down to is, you know, you look back at um, Kirk's days in Washington. You know, he had a terrible – he never had a good defense and when he was there. And so they had to rely on him throwing them back into games more. And I think the – like it, you almost – you don't want to do this – but you kind of have to in this situation where, hey, the defense is not holding teams to 15 under 20 points a game. At least they have it in the first two weeks. I know it's an extremely small sample size and it's a very new unit, but mm-hmm. still they're not doing that. So the offense that worked the last two years since Kirk, while Kirk's been here isn't going to work this year. You can't. I mean, while while it was good, but it, it's still. We have to kind of like take the let you know let him off his leash or let the leash extend you know yeah. let let this let it fly a little bit stop being so safe like draw plays on third and long what the world like that doesn't work well and that I, doesn't I'm looking work at the stats here and Kirk threw it twenty five times week one and twenty six times in week two yeah but I mean both of those you know at the end were multi score games and I think you know I mean the Packer game. There was like you know a touchdown, or you know Vikings scored twenty four points in the like fourth six quarter. Passes in the first half. Yeah, I mean you know those so, the, that number itself is inflated by the fourth quarter of the Packers Vikings yeah. game week one. So it's like, I mean, and I know part of it is you know, uh, time of possession issues and things like that. But still, I mean, you have to 
acknowledge that this is a problem and start, yeah. you know, a, making adjustments to your offensive scheme. I feel like they're not doing and, that. You know, and it's one of those things like it's not, you know, our line had a bad, like our guards were horrendous today. Our interior line, except for Bradbury, our center, who, by the way, he is not a lot of pressure yet, which is really good based on last year. Um, he's making the leap as a second year guy, which is nice. And our tackles have actually played well. It's been our guards have been horrendous. Mm-hmm. And we've just been getting wrecked up the middle. So it doesn't like it's not like, oh, it's Kirk's the problem. It's it's a multitude of things. Well, yes, some of Kirk's decisions, a couple of them have been poor. You know, I think back to week one, that fourth and three play, he threw deep to Tajay Sharp instead of having, you know, Justin Jefferson over the middle with Preston Smith on him or yep. even Thielen had a window open. It was just like Tajay was like the one guy that wasn't open. So well, he threw that. that. That's a bad decision. Yeah, and that's those something are, that is never good. You know, I see that with tons of teams, too. That's not just Kirk, right. where it's like you have fourth and three, and you're throwing this deep post, and I'm like, what are you so doing? And you know you have to, you're going to go for it. Then yeah. you can do that. But or better yet, three, first like, and second. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just one of those things where I, I think I'm, I'm sick of this because Justin Jefferson, who – we picked him in the first. We, you know, we took him. We had we had the Bills pick. And we got we picked up him um, with like the I think he was the twenty third pick, mm-hmm. and he's he's seen the field a little time, which which is I understand as a rookie you get that. Even when Michael Thomas was drafted, he had a slower start, and then he came on strong when their Saints made their playoff push. I'm not saying he's going to be like Michael Thomas. I'm just saying rookie receivers. Some get kind of worked their way into the system. A, a lot bit. of times, rookie receivers don't, you know, they make like a second year jump or even a third year jump, right. kind of like quarter right. quarterbacks to a certain extent. But yeah, so so Jefferson's not been on the field a ton, or at least not got a lot of targets. But today, you know, or not today, but on uh, Sunday, you know, three for three on targets receptions for forty four yards. He, you know, he he's productive when he gets the chance. And I understand that BC Johnson's been there and he had a great year when we weren't expect anything from him. He's a seventh round pick last year. And he had a great year when, when Thielen went out being injured for most of the year or half the year. Um, but if Jefferson's better, like he's just been more productive when he's on the field, he doesn't have these tipped balls like BC has been having just, just start giving him some more reps on passing downs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough. You, you can't build chemistry. You guys receivers. need another. We need someone else to take. We need some. You, you teams can't just rely on, you know, a guy, a guy. It doesn't work that way. Even the Packers don't solely. Well, yes, they rely very heavily on Devante. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like Lazard. But, and, but there's there's and other the guys out there that are given, you know, routinely given shots, you know, right. downfield and given opportunities to make an impact where it just doesn't yeah. feel like. You know, these other guys are they don't really have Kirk's trust, maybe. I don't I don't know what the issue yeah, is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, there was there was a couple moments in the game where our opening possession where we settled for three, where we got down in the goal, um, or goal to goal, and Kirk was standing there and he had he had Irv Smith open in front of him, and but he also had it just wide open to run up, and it was like five yards. And he threw it. He threw an incompletion on the play, and then the next play it was third down, and he tried to do a kind of a jump ball deal to Rudolph, and it went out of, out of the end zone. So he settled for three. But it's one of those things like it's almost like he's not being aggressive 
when he doesn't feel he needs to be, where it's like he's trying to be like, oh, the, the game's tied, so I don't need to be taking the, all these shots and this chance that it could be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he waits till we're in a hole. And I'm like, just, I don't know if that's coming from coaching maybe, being like, take what the defense gives you or or whatever, being passive. But it's like, that drives me crazy. And that's such like a, that's in such a defensive coach thing, where it's like, Offense, just don't screw it up because the defense will carry us. It's like that worked a couple years ago or the last few years. It's not going to work this year. You know, you got to let it fly. Yeah, I and, think, and that's what, kind of what I, you know, what I would say. There's just this unwillingness to kind of sit down and look this new defensive unit in the eye and be like, okay, this this isn't how things used to be because the, yeah. the defense, you know, even last year, you know, there's kind of been. A, a little it wasn't just like off a cliff the last year wasn't as great as but like two years ago three years ago i mean it was an elite unit yeah every you know every single week and that that is not the situation anymore no and, I, and it's one of those things like if we don't come out of the gate on sunday against the titans firing like aggressive then it's going to be a long year and so that's why i say that you know, I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm looking at it. It's kind of in my eyesight, but it's a small sample size. It's two games. And Vikings Twitter this week has been horrendous. Oh, I've oh heard I've heard whispers of fire Zimmer. Holy, holy shit. No. Yeah, like I there's been there's been a lot. Like the tank for Trevor. It's like yeah. we are not gonna outsuck <laughs> the Jets or no. you know, no. or, or, or the Giants or other teams, you know, in there. Uh, it, it's just like no, we're 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 too talented of a team just to be like, oh, two games, pack it in. It's like, no, you know. I mean, if you guys really wanted to, I'd be okay with that. But yeah, I bet. And so <laughs> it's just like, while yes, having the idea of having Eric Bieniemy as your head coach sounds appealing, and Trevor Lawrence, yeah, is it realistic? No, they're not going to fire Zimmer after two games. You know, if if we're zero and seven, then I'll be like, well, that's a problem. Yeah. But there's an extra playoff spot this year. You know, fourteen games left. Like, chill out, everyone. <laughs> Just take a yeah, breath. Yeah, yeah. Your your ceiling sky's is not... now fourteen and two. That's yeah. That's a good way to look at it. The sky's not falling. Yeah. So I don't know. That's all I had. I know I was a bit long winded, but yeah, that's it's kind of it. Yeah, I mean, I was not expecting this game to go that way either. This is. This is interesting to watch from an outside perspective. I bet it's interesting. I bet it. <laughs> All right, let's go to something that's not so interesting to watch. Um, uh, Packers beat the Lions 42-21. So, I didn't get to watch you. I didn't watch this game because uh-huh. ours were playing at the same time. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? So uh, Aaron Jones is, is super, super fast, good at football. Yeah. Um, that's... That's the main takeaway. Devontae tweaked a hammy early in the game, and I think the uh, the company line right now is that he could have gone back in, but we didn't need him to, so he didn't. Um, so, I mean, Rodgers had another nice day, 242 touchdowns. Jones had, like, let's see, it looks like 200 and, you know, 36, 36 yards from scrimmage, three touchdowns. Valdez Scantling had another decent day. It looks like he's emerging as more of the uh, kind of deep threat role yeah. on the offense in terms of, you know, Devontae's the the one and he's kind of, 
I don't know. He, I, I don't know if he really has like a defined role. He can go deep. He can be possession. But it seems like Valdez Scantling is the the wheels guy, and Lazard is the other guy. And uh, yeah, and the, I mean they played fine. I thought the offense again looked better than I thought it would. I, you know, pleasantly surprised so far by the level of production they've been able to sustain. Right. Um, I was worried at the beginning of this game. It was fourteen to three at the end of the first quarter, and. I uttered my catchphrase, uh, these guys don't deserve my full attention and started playing video games with the game <laughs> on next to the TV, but they, uh, they, they certainly came back. So I, I, I think Matt Patricia is for sure getting fired this year. How does he still have a job? How do they fire Jim Caldwell and hire him? Man. I mean, he's a defensive guy, well, right? No, but I, I get the hire. Like at the time I was like, Ooh, that might be a good hire, but clearly that's, that's not been the case. And, Belichick's disciples don't work. He doesn't teach them all of the things he knows. No, they don't. And, I mean, the thing about the Lions in their current, you know, status, and I think uh, Kenny Galladay's coming back this week after being gone the first two, but then they only have Marvin Jones. You know, it's, it's easy to clamp down on him. You know, he had four catches for 23 yards. Their leading receiver was TJ Hawkinson, the tight end. I mean, they just... Mm -hmm. Couldn't really get anything going. AP had seven carries for 41, but they were down for three quarters of the game, so he didn't get a lot of utilization either. He still just just scares me. When I it's ridiculous. Six yards carry when I he's know. over 30. Like... <laughs> Him and Frank Gore, I just I don't get it. No. But, I, I mean, overall, very, very happy with the way things went. Very happy. It's, you know, it's a little bit less of a hard statistic, but... Uh, Happy that Aaron Rodgers looks happier than he does normally, I feel like, out there. Not to say that he was always, you know, super sullen and, like, never cracked a smile, but he just looks like he's kind of chilling the fuck out a little bit, and I like that. I don't know. I'm happy for him. I think the crystals that he stole are working. <laughs> These fucking crystals. <laughs> yeah, so, all in all... Pretty happy with that. Matt LaFleur is 8-0, and divisionally speaking, so far in his career. Wow. Which is just bananas. Well, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, I have no thoughts on this one. Again, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say. It's the, it's the Lions, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's the Lions, and it's interesting to kind of see – you know, everybody playing each other. You know, like week one, it's easy to overreact. I know this team beat that team, but it turns out that, you know, team A actually isn't very good, and we don't learn that until, like, week two or three. And it's like, you know, the Lions went down to the wire with the Bears, and the Bears won, and then the same thing happened to the Bears this week with the Giants. And we know the Giants aren't very good, so, you know. No. Transitive I, property, the Lions are I not really I do think great. that, like, Aaron Jones is, like, the biggest roller coaster of a running back. Oh yeah. Yep. Like he has games like this. And then like, I feel like last week he didn't really do a whole lot. He has in terms of like fantasy football, he is, I had him last year. He's so I can tough, speak personally man, about sucks. it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cause any week he can haul off and give you a 40 burger, but then right. he can also settle down for, you know, a hard seven. And it's just, you don't, you don't know what happens. He, he seems to like build momentum where like if he scores one touchdown, he becomes more likely to score another touchdown yeah. and keep 
accumulating touchdowns. Like if he doesn't if he doesn't get them early, he's not going to do any like do a whole lot the whole like yeah. game. Yeah, and so it's like Weird. it's it's very strange. Um, but yeah, I I still I like the one two punch. I mean, I think Jamal Williams is is pulling his weight still, and AJ Dillon's getting some token carries. Tyler Irvin's getting like reverses. I just the offense is a lot more fun to watch than the McCarthy era, where it was just a parade of third and ones and five receiver sets. <sighs> I bet. <laughs> yeah, and and I watched a bit of the Cowboys Falcons game this week. He's still doing that. Yeah. It's all terrible. right. Let, but let's let's switch over to that. Um, <laughs> this one was fucking the, wild. The battle between the Falcons and the Cowboys of who could be the most Falcons and guess who like, won the Falcons, the Falcons. Like, <laughs> like holy shit man like this game uh, I don't did you see did you catch the end of it and like saw I, like the I onside? saw it, I saw it and I'm, I'm standing on this I, I don't think that I mean I guess all coordinators are somewhat important the Falcons should have fired their special teams coordinator coordinator on the way to the bus I mean there were four Falcons Stand there watching that thing like they also had to wait 10 yards to touch it. And they don't at all. Yeah. They just kind of wanted to see what happened. I don't, I don't understand know. that. Like, yeah, that's that was really bad. Because, like, I, when I saw that live, watching that onside kick. Because it didn't I, look like it was going. No. I was like, that's not going to get there. And I'm like, well, definitely someone's going to jump on that. Because the only way you get onside kicks now is it takes, like, a crazy yeah, the, hop the on someone. Kick, like, they can't get a running start anymore. eight yards after the yeah. fact and just spun around on the bottom. And it, yeah. it was insane. And I think I, I think the thought process in that moment for the Falcons players was, this isn't going to, you know, this isn't going to make it 10 yards. So, like, if it doesn't make it 10 yards, it doesn't matter who touches it. And if I dive on it and fuck up somehow, like, yeah. then I'm the idiot. But holy cow! And and then you know the field goal at the end to you know and the Cowboys had a furious comeback before that, so you know I think that kind of gets overlooked here. Having said that, I, I I'm starting to regret my Cowboys in the Super Bowl pick when I made that <laughs> on the the season preview show, and you were like, "Oh, Mike McCarthy," and I was like, "Oh yeah," and I and, you know I, I had already made the pick; it was locked in, so I didn't go back, but. I forgot yeah. about a very crucial factor. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's not calling the plays, though. Keep in mind. No, Kellen Moore still... Kellen Moore still calls the plays. I have no problem. They put up 40 fucking points. He's I still mean, Mike McCarthy. I just... I their issue is they don't have a defense. Gross. That's the yeah. problem. They're just It's going to be these track meets. I mean, Dak Prescott, with the exception of that it, that fumble that he did, it was really bad looking where he, like, oh, yeah. tried to shuffle it out there and, like... He got like hit as he's doing it. I don't know. It was ridiculous, but like he's a ve- he's very good. Like he's just he, he you were. I don't think I stand by it. Where like Dallas is never out of a game. No. Like as long as Dak has like if he gets a chance, he's gonna put up a lot of points. I mean, I don't know. Zeke continues to be very productive, and but like the fact that they have. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, like all these guys, Ezekiel Elliott, now this Dalton Schultz guy after Jarwin went down who looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. Like he has so many weapons, but Matt Ryan does too, except for he doesn't like to use his best one. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how Julio has four targets. I don't know how that's possible in a game. I, 
I think, yet the four targets is weird. The lack of production from Julio, I think, is a product of, you know, when you're game planning for the Falcons, up until this year when you may have, you know, noticed a shift, um, you're game planning around shutting down Julio. That may shift as the season goes on because this Calvin Ridley dude is catching, like, a million balls for touchdowns. Yeah, People guard him. Let Julio be one on one. Fucking sick of this shit, man. Well, every every Calvin really touchdown I see too. He's like in his own zip code. Like they they must just put like linebackers on him, and he just like leaves him in the shadow realm. Like I don't know how he keeps getting this wide open. I don't know. I mean, he's he's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that probably helps. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's really good and all that. Not to take away from him, but uh, it's it's just crazy and. It, I mean, this this game was the Spider-Man meme where they're just pointing at each other, like the Falcons and the Cowboys. They're the same team. Yeah, no, I it, it was weird. I don't know. I it, it's tough that the Falcons lost. I would have preferred them to win. I like having the Cowboys 0-2 rather than the Falcons 0-2. Um, but I don't know. I, it was a crazy-ass game. Dak Prescott's very good. Matt Ryan again. Sorry, buddy. Like, I feel bad for you twice in a week now, or twice in two weeks now. Dak Prescott's good, and I'm just confused why, like, the Cowboys should pay him before more people get paid, and it just keeps going up. Yeah, at this like, rate, they're going to keep franchising him. save you any him. money. You they're just going to keep franchising him, and then they're going to, like, pay C.D. Lamb before they pay him. Like, it's not a rookie deal. Like, I don't know. Sign I, Tony Pollard to a 10-year deal. Yeah. I'm sure, like, he's probably got some incentives or some things from Jerry or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how you don't pay Dak. Well, I'm sure like, Jerry's giving him, like, a barrel of oil every week or something, yeah. something Jerry-esque. Yeah. Um, all right, let's 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 go into some segments. Um, let's start with performance of the week. Um, I'll go first, and I know if you're listening and you think that we haven't talked about it, because I'm just going to save it for this. My performance of the week goes to Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, Russell? this guy's been unbelievable to start the year like yeah he's fine <laughs> like fine. the fact that this the fact that hey, this he guy threw an interception this week so I it mean, was went off of his receiver it no, was tipped no, off no, no, of no, no, receiver. No, no. the box score clearly states that oh it was his God. fault <laughs> um so i was i was flying uh keep in mind oh yeah we're not in person this week yeah. um we're remote for one week because i'm actually back in new york and moving my stuff out of my apartment but um, I was flying during this game, and luckily I was on Delta, so I was able to watch this. But Russell Wilson went 21 of 28, 288, five touchdowns. And again, like I said, the pick was tipped off his receiver. And uh, literally it went off of um, Greg Olson, none other than Greg Olson. Oh, Greg and, Olson, did he have a single catch this game or anything no, at it all? Was literally, it, it was the catch that thrown at him. He went through his hands uh, and right to McCourty's um, bread basket, like beginning of the game. And then I, since I, that, I will say he had another catch that was called back on a holding penalty. So yeah. Greg Olson, world but leader. But he, yes. uh, Russell Wilson just, you know, and this is this defense of the Patriots is still really, really good. It's weird how good they are. Because I didn't think they were as good as people said they were last year, and then they lost a bunch of people for COVID opt-outs, and they're still good. Yeah. Like, you know, it's still Bill Belichick. um, But Russell just didn't... He's like, I don't give a shit about that, and just just torched him. 
Um, Russell is one of those quarterbacks you can see. He, he's really, like, there's an intelligence factor that you can see, and, and he's maybe not, like, the level of, like, a Peyton Manning or something like that, but you can just yeah. see. I think there was some stat that I heard this week. He has, like, far and away the highest, like, separation distance between his receiver he's targeting and the closest defender, you know? Yeah. Like, he knows the scheme. He understands it so well that he's throwing these guys wide open and it's it's fun to watch he has currently on this year he has 11 incompletions and nine touchdowns the dude almost has more touchdowns than incompletions to start the year i mean like he through two weeks it it's it's ridiculous i don't know like you know it's again small sample size but Mm. the fact this guy has never received mv a single mvp vote in his career is wild to me. Yeah, if he I think that's going to change this gonna year. It's going to be his year. For yeah, sure. I think it's going to change this year. But um, yeah, so he's my performance of the week. It's a good one. Uh, my performance of the week. Uh, I forgot his first name now that I'm saying it, but uh, Butker, kicker for the Chiefs. Oh, oh, Harrison Butker. Harrison, that's what his first name is. Yeah, yeah dude. because he lined up a 53-yard field goal for the win in a tough game against the Chargers. Yeah, and drilled it. Got called back on a false start, lined it up again from 58, drilled it, but it had one of those ugh, fucking weak-ass icing timeouts, which I I want to take those away. Those those are lame. I don't care about those. I don't think they're fun. <laughs> I, I just, I would what? like, to, I would like a no fun clause, you, you know, like it's just, it's poor, it's, it, it's being a poor sport. But anyway, drilled a 58-yarder, called back on an icing timeout, and then drilled a third 58-yard field goal for the win. And, I mean, all three of them right down the middle. It was, yes. it was, it was real. Money. It, it, it was money. It was a case study in, you know, the, the merits of having an awesome kicker. And, yeah. And especially, you know, so far this season, kickers have been struggling pretty mightily. So it was it was cool to see. Uh, honorary honorary shout-out shout out to Justin Herbert making his debut uh dude had like 10 seconds of notification like to, of notice that he's mm. starting uh because the 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 chargers medical staff punctured tyrod taylor's lung i uh, read that today and i uh, find it weird that it took like four days for them to admit that yeah you know like they must have known right in for that that day and they sat on like did you guys puncture his lung like maybe for like three days also patrick mahomes is still very very good at football um the dude threw like 150 yards in the fourth quarter uh he he ran on a third or fourth and 20 or something like that and he got it (laughs) and got it yeah it was insane yeah it was like that it was a 21 yard run but he there's that throw where he's like running and throwing like on the run just drills it to uh to tyreek hill uh Mm. who caught it and kind of like fell into the end zone it was like a 54 yard bomb like that that's unbelievable i watched that i'm like there's there's a very very short list of people that can make that throw yeah like ever and like this that's game, so ridiculous you know i think we'll get into the next week previews a little bit later but this game it, it might in a weird way be a good thing for the chiefs long term to kind of get punched in the mouth this week before yeah. they have to play the ravens in prime yeah. time i think in baltimore right not that yeah. it super matters yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point but yeah they have monday night in baltimore playing the ravens great defense and it's like you know, if they just cruise through the first two weeks of the season, you know, they don't have the same probably mental focus that they would, you know, given 
the fact that they, you know, were on the ropes here for a minute in week two. Right. Um, all right. Go to Nathan Peterman Award. Uh, mine's pretty sure for it. I already talked about it. I'm going with it's with, a, with a heavy heart, I say, Vikings play calling. It mm. it was so bad. I mean, this is eh, not not great. Um, eh, we are 30th in yards per game and 20th in points per game. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. We need to write. We got to write the ship. I say, I, just I, be more aggressive. Let yeah. it fly. I, I would like the record to reflect that I think everything is going perfectly fine, and we. I bet you do, Kevin. Don't change I bet a thing, you do. Mike. <laughs> well, I bet you do. Um, let's see, my Nathan Peterman. Um, it's going to be Doug Marone. Now, you know, I've never been a Doug Marone hater or fan, but at half, right, right up to halftime, uh, the Jaguars scored. I don't remember if it was a field goal or a touchdown, but they scored. And on the ensuing kickoff, with like 20 seconds left in the half and no timeouts, they did a surprise onside kick, didn't recover it, and let the Titans sneak out with a field goal, you know, to end the half. And uh, they ended up losing by three points. Yikes. So, I, I, you know, big brain move? Not so Yikes. much, Doug. That was, that was really fucking... Because even if they did get it, I mean, 20 seconds, no timeouts. That's not easy to, like, pull off a field goal in that situation. It just didn't make any sense. No. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's really dumb. Um, all right. Let's go to stock up, stock down. Uh, my stock up this week is the Rams. Uh, they had a couple, you know, their first week win against in Sunday night. Winning against the Cowboys was big. Uh, 2017, kind of sloppy on offense. But, but hey, Sean McVay was like, guys, I'm still really good at calling offenses. And they rattled off 37 against the Eagles. Yeah, uh, yeah nice the, the Rams are good still, guys. They like everyone pegged them already like being a fourth place finish in that division. I don't, I don't know. Like that division's brutal this year. Well, the thing is, they're good. They could still be fourth. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah, the th- yeah, but I, I think it's just like they're really good. Like Sean McVay is still really good. I know everyone fell in love with or kind of got experience and really fell in love with Kyle Shanahan last year. Um, and Sean McVay kind of he before and Cliff Kingsbury because he Sean McVay used to be that. You know, when he for, when he got there, when they went to the Super Bowl a couple years back, he was the shiny new toy and he kind of got put on the shelf. But, hey, no, he's he's still around. Um, mm-hmm. Really fun. But uh, they're my stock up this week. I love imagining like a dinner party where it's just the four coaches from the NFC West and Pete yeah. Carroll's just like, like won't shut up about like you know running right up the middle every play, <laughs> just, just chewing his gum. Yeah, the other the other three of them are like these like you know like late thirties dudes talking about crazy scheme and Pete Carroll's just chopping in the corner. <laughs> Back in my day at USC, <laughs> did you guys know that I won a Super Bowl one time? <laughs> um, all right, yeah, my stack up is going to be Josh Allen. Mm. Josh Allen is so fucking electric. I He threw a bomb when they were like in run-out-the-clock mode for a touchdown, like 46 yards. He had four touchdowns in this game, 415 yards, no picks. Like, I've been saying it for a while that 
you know, I think he's going to develop into a good quarterback. First two years, you know, there was promise, but there was some stumbles. This year, I mean, he had 215-1-1 in the first game, which wasn't great. But this week, 415, four touchdowns. I mean, I think Josh Allen is making the jump this year, and I think he's going to have a great rest of the year as well. Yeah, no, he's you start off, I mean, is what you want. Because I think before this year, he had never thrown for over, like, 200 or – 220 or 250 yards or something that in a game. I think it was 250, and now, yeah. Now he's done it twice. So, I mean, he the, the biggest questions obviously were his, his passing, whether that would make the jump. And it's, it's looking like it has. Granted, the two teams he's played, I'm pretty sure, are the Jets and the Dolphins. So... Uh, it's it's what you what want. What are you insinuating about the Jets <laughs> and the Dolphins? I, I don't think I need to say. Uh. Um, and so I, I just think when they play, you know, when he starts playing some other heavy-hitting teams, and if that continues or at least doesn't go down as much or doesn't take a nosedive, then I'll be like, all right, that's that's what okay, exactly. Okay, how, how, about, how about the Rams this week? Will you believe then we could circle back? Yeah, I mean, I, okay. I, again, I'm I'm still TBD. I, I'm still okay. the jury's still out for me on Josh Allen, but I do he ha, he's doing what he needs to be doing. Okay. You know, your quarterbacks should beat up on bad teams. Granted, they only won by three. That's troublesome for that defense. That's troublesome for that defense for sure. Um, they kind of with a defense that should be top it. tier. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, uh, you can say what you want about Fitz Magic or whatever, but no, they should they shouldn't be close. To the Dolphins. No. They should. Letting them score 15 points after holding them to 13 through three quarters and letting them 15 in the fourth, not ideal. You don't, you can't let them claw their way back in. That's a recipe for letdowns because that's because Josh Allen will have an off day like every quarterback does, any player does. And when that happens and your defense isn't shutting teams down, then you might be in, you might have some extra losses on your schedule. Yeah, uh, I, I would smash that over in the Rams Bills next week. Yeah, it, it could be, <laughs> could be, could be a good amount of points. Um, all right, my stock down uh, is the Eagles. Um, uh, yes, yeah, tough. I, I, is Carson Wentz the right quarterback? Question mark. He has no uh, offensive line, but uh, that's not me saying that he is the right. Like there is now a reasonable doubt. You know, in a court of law, if we were deciding. If Carson Wentz was the guy, I don't know because I haven't seen it since he tore his ACL. Yeah, I mean he's he I has seen a, it for a single game no, since he tore his ACL. He's a uh, under fifty nine percent completion percentage, five hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns, four picks for a sixty four point four quarterback rating. I, the man got good. booed by the animatronic fans at his own stadium. Yeah, that's not good. No, and you don't I, want that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think I do think Carson Wentz is good, but like he's really not good. Like you can say what you want about offensive lines, yeah, but like that happens, man. Carson Especially Wentz is this now year. firmly not elite. Yeah. That's, that's beyond dispute at this point. Yeah, and I you know, them them putting up thirty six points in two two weeks, like you know, eighteen points a game with that talent that they have, like they do have talent. Like, it's not like they're lacking of it. And, yes, injuries have happened. But that happens for every team. You know, it, you got to yeah. make do. And I don't know. They're my stock down. I think you got to worry a little bit there. 
yeah, especially with the, the rest of the NFC, because I don't see them overtaking the Cowboys for that division. No, I, I don't see anyone in that division overtaking the Cowboys. That's tough. That's yeah. tough to get with the other people from the NFC West and, I think, North, too. I and agree. All right, who's your stock down? Uh, my stock down is uh, pretty general. It's uh, ACLs. Oh, Jesus, I, man. I would like to cancel ACL. I never hear about an ACL doing anything good. No, what has the ACL ever done for anyone? No, no I can't imagine tear. a single time I've ever been like, thanks, ACL. It, yeah. it just, all, all it does, it does is, is tear. tear. Saquon yeah. Barkley tore his. Um, who else? Bosa on the Niners tore his. Yeah. Like, like four or five dudes went down to injury. This is ligaments like, all over the place. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't ACL, but like Christian McCaffrey got hurt this week. Devontae Adams had. I'm pretty sure Jalen Rieger has like a sprained UCL or something. Just, all the CLs, like there's yeah. an MCL, there's an ACL. Maybe there's a, there's probably a UCL. Who knows? I think there is I, an UCL. I just I would like them all to. I I think when you get drafted in the NFL, they should just do a surgery on you right away that just gives you like a bionic ACL and just, we're, we're just gotta be done with this shit. Like it in the long term, once it's normalized, I think it will be a, a beneficial change. Yeah, I think so too. It's, but it's, it, it sucks to just like but look also, at Saquon Barkley and be like, I won't see you run again until next year. Maybe. Also, I think uh stock up for just preseason in general. Uh, it's definitely needed guys. It's mm-hmm. definitely needed. Like it's people that say preseason is pointless. No, it's not. It allows players to get up to like their bodies up to speed. Cause like mm-hmm. it's wildly different from camp to actual live football. Like, yeah, you know, I it's, it's tough and we're seeing it. I, I, I was not, I'm not surprised by the amount of injuries, but I still kind of am where it's like, it's every week. Some, some names going down and it's tough. Big names too. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go into our week three preview. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of good games this week, but again, I'm sticking with three, um, start off, uh, the Titans visit the Vikings. The, I don't want to say, I'm not going to say it's a must win. So where's, where's the button at this point? So again, it's on the peripheral. It's on the peripheral, peripheral. but what if, what if it's a loss? If it's a loss, it comes into full view. Okay. So it's like, it's like firmly like on the table. Yeah. It's it, it's not it's not quite in is, full grasp. Is like there like a range. glass like cover on the button no, that you have to no, lift up, I, or is just it just saying, a button? I'm, I'm six feet away from it. Okay. If, if we lose, okay, so you're not um, within I, reach. I'm yet. not within reach, but I'm I'm COVID distance away. You are social distancing from the panic button. I like that. Yes. Um, but the line here is Tennessee is a two and a half point away favorite. Um. Fair. I completely understand that. Another two and uh, too. I mean, we haven't really talked about them a ton on this show yet. Yeah, Tennessee looks pretty yeah, decent they, this they year. They look pretty good. They kind of been like shooting themselves in the foot a little bit while it's been close games. Mm-hmm. Um, Tannehill's played well. Um, Derrick Henry has been, you know, fine, averaging 100 yards a game. Um, but their receivers, AJ Brown's out. You know, they're having not really a solid person on you know receiving core. Um, yeah. but 48 and a half is the over under. I, I would probably say hit the under honestly is that's kind of boring, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like this is a, I feel like the defense plays well in this. And I think the offense maybe struggles a bit, 
but not like last week. I don't know. I don't know. think it will be a multi-score game like it was last. I feel week. like a 23-17 like in this game. Like I feel something around 20 to 17, 20 to 16, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Like, something like that. It's a one-score game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I think it might be a little sloppy. Uh, I don't know. I don't, like I said, do kind you think of, that uh, the the bar injury mentioned earlier is going to have a big impact on I, the defense? I think so. Just because, because the he other was guys, the Mike linebacker, wasn't he? No, he that's that's Kendricks. Okay. Bar is the S is the Sam linebacker. Mm, okay. Um, so he, you know, it's just it's it's unproven behind him or underneath him. So that's what's worrisome. You know, who, well, who Bar is, has who is like the starter now then? So technically. It would be um, Troy Dye, who's a second-year guy, but he's kind of he was kind of banged up this week. So it might be a guy named Nickerson who we just picked up. Um, we signed uh, Ryan Connolly, who actually I played football with back in the back in my high school days. He was came over from the Giants. Um, he was a standout at Wisconsin linebacker. We picked him up. Name uh, sounds familiar. He played a little bit last week, but it was his first week, so he might step in too. Um, so I don't know. I, I expect to see more of, which kind of worries me, more like nickel defenses um, just because they have Derrick Henry. So ideally you don't want to have a bunch of DBs out there. Yeah. But um, I think it's going to come down to, you know, can't let Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry is going to run for like, 30 yards or like 300 yards, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's scary. And I hope that we hold him. I, I guess make Tannehill beat you. We'll see if he reverts back to Miami days. That'd be nice. I don't know. I'm worried. Ish. <laughs> I am. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think confident. that that's a very, I'm not very fair, confident. <laughs> fair thing to feel. I, you I know, no if confident. I were in your position, I would right. also, yeah, be like, pretty apprehensive. After week one, I was like, all right, at least I'm confident in the offense after putting up 35 points or whatever it was in 18 minutes of game time or on the field time. Then last week they put up 11. I'm like, shit, I don't know what I feel. (laughs) I think the Colts defense is kind of sneaky good. Yeah, I I do too. DeForest Buckner wreaks havoc. He's a man. (laughs) He's a grown-ass man. Yeah. Um, And next game, uh, actually the next two are primetime games. Uh, Sunday night, we get the Packers going down to the Bayou. Playing New Orleans. Um, yes, we do. New Orleans, three-point favorite, 52 over-under. Uh, I don't know if I believe that. I don't. I have zero confidence in the Saints' offense. 52 over-under. Well, and so I don't think Michael Thomas is playing. That no, he's at least delays. He's for sure I, not? Okay. I don't think so. I mean, I can't imagine. With the high ankle sprain only missing one week, I mean, that's kind yeah. of a thing. And if he did play, he would be very hobbled. Yeah. yeah, so... I, I just mean, still think Drew Brees, which is that's weird. That's huge. Say. Yeah, because we didn't really talk about it, but you know the Saints Raiders game Monday night of this last week. He didn't look Brees good. Brees looked. I, you, know, you you've been kind of. Cool. Yeah, you've been kind of singing the Brees is getting old refrain. I was singing it last for season. A while, yeah, yeah, and and I've always kind of just been like, nah, like he still put up numbers. The Michael Thomas list game was eye opening. He, I think he can't to throw it deep. A lot of other people. He, he he hasn't been able to, even with Mike Thomas there. He doesn't throw it deep. So it's like who's he have, who's he gonna throw deep to? Or like who's his reliable guy now? Emmanuel fucking Sanders? Hell no. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's it's Kamara and that's the team. Yeah, Kamara's you know? the whole team and it's tough. I don't I don't know what the Saints do. Like 
I have zero faith in that, and it's going to become down to their defense stopping the Packers' offense. And I don't know if I believe that either. That's why them seeing them as a three-point favorite, I don't, I don't uh, like three-point favorite at home. I think that's. I mean, and you know, if you would have told me start of the season, you know, week three you're replaying prime time in in, in, New, know, Orleans. in New Orleans, and you're going to only be three-point underdogs, I would have taken that happily. Absolutely, you know? like that's basically split. Yeah, with the and, home field advantage. And so I, I mean, I'm going to this one with some cautious optimism. It's prime time, and I, I don't have a good feeling. I, I can't remember how well the Packers did in prime time. I guess they probably did pretty decent since they, you know, went 13 and three overall. But I don't remember yeah. prime time games specifically. But we'll see. This is kind of a, you know, an actual prove it game because it looks like the Vikings have significant problems. The mm. or at least the defense. The Lions also. Significant problems. Yeah, this this you know, would be a win that so really backs yeah. them for sure. This is Absolutely. this is when we see if the Matt Lafleur system can actually you know be sustained against good defenses. Right, and you know I don't know I I I just feel like I like one score games. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing like the Packers were like eight and one. Oh yeah, no, we we every single one score, one games. score game basically cut our way. Otherwise, is, it would have been like uh, like like six and ten. Yeah, which is yeah. something that's not like that. Typically, that in like turnovers, they don't translate over the next year. So it's interesting. I don't know. I the Packers haven't had a one score game yet. I do I was think say, yeah, Lafleur pulled game. a big brain move by just not having one score games so far. Yeah. That's how you I, do that. I do think this one will be a one score game. I don't think it's going to be as close as three, but mm-hmm. man, I don't. Know. Um, I think the Saints are extremely talented still, even yeah. if Brees is not what he was beginning of last year or even, you know, two, for sure, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. All right. Next like one. Said, cautious optimism. Yeah. I would feel that too. Mm-hmm. Um, next <clears throat> one is the Monday night. I mean, this, this is, this is a treat that it's, I'm obviously this, this has to be prime time. This is uh this is chiefs Rams from a couple of years ago where it was yeah. like, you know, a random primetime game on like a Monday or something. And yeah. like, we treat it like it was the Super Bowl, you know, yeah. like get pizza, get have people over, like, yeah, don't do that here, I guess yeah. now. And but I'm excited because this one, I think it's going to be called again by Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet. Um, this is the Chiefs at Ravens. Uh, Ravens are a three and a half point favorite, uh, over under fifty four and a half. Uh, I feel like that that's. Over. I don't. I mean, that yeah, that's actually, where it's because the Ravens that's a, defense that's a good is size good. over. And the both teams have pretty good defenses. The Ravens, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I I'm excited just just to watch this. I and I love that you know we get to see this pretty frequently. Them being more than the AFC. Um, I mean, it's it's the back the last two MVP winners. You know, um, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. And this is, I mean, coming from like looking at this from the perspective of both quarterbacks, Lamar needs to win this game to you, you know for it to be a real rivalry. Yeah. Cuz right now they're two, you know, universally acknowledged good teams, but like you know, Lamar's never gotten the edge even once so far in you know in their careers and so I would put my money on the Ravens to take this one away just because I think I don't know, I think they're hungrier. And Andy Reid seemed to struggle when he could actually see the field through his visor last week. So right. I don't know what that means long term. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch this one. 
Um, all right. That, that I think that does it for our week three preview. Those are like the three kind of really want to look at. I the guess. Seahawks are, are going to beat up the Cowboys. There are good because games. The Cowboys, you know, are Cowboys, Seahawks. That yeah. should be a, a shootout. Um, you know, Texans, Steelers might be. It could be interesting. Um, um, Broncos, Buccaneers, Goat Boat. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, Bortles, Blake Bortles signing. signed by the Broncos. Um, Rams, Bills, I think. Yeah, we already kind of briefly mentioned it. That could be good. But, yeah, those are the main three you want to talk about. Um, all right, let's go into our two-minute drill. Uh, again, I have four questions, and you have three, so I'll go first. And, uh, yeah. Set, go. Which team should panic more, Eagles or Vikings? Um, I know you want to do it. No, Eagles. I, no. Think, I think Zimmer's a better coach than Doug Peterson. Ooh, hot take. I like it. Yeah. Um, is Breeze nearing the cliff? Go. Oh! All right, this goes in with my second one. We both just answer <laughs> here. We'll both hit these next. Mine was, has Drew Brees fallen off the QB cliff a bit? <laughs> All right. Okay, ready, well, set. Three, two, one, yes. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yep. And so, all right, yeah, you're, so that was your next question. So now my second question. Uh, who would you rather have this week, Michael thomas Breeze or Derek Carr? Uh, Derek Carr's been <laughs> decent this year. I know it's against the Patriots, though. Fuck yeah. uh, <laughs> it, Raiders. Derek Carr. I just yeah, died. Yeah, eyeliner. Yeah. Um, all right. Who's more real, <laughs> Raiders or Cardinals? Um, Cardinals. Wow. Right. I don't know why. That's okay. Just, that's just what my heart tells me. Uh, all right. My last question. Uh, is that Jameis Winston's music? No, absolutely not. Why they, not? They never benched Drew Brees. He's done way too much for that team in City. They're okay, not going to bench. Brees throws game. like five picks in one game. Jameis Winston? I don't think he's ever going to throw five picks in one game, but I guess. Five really short picks. I guess theori- theoretically. I don't know. I still don't think I don't. I still don't think so. Uh, I think I think they'd always ask him, if, and he'd leave it up to him to pull himself. Yeah, they might go Taysom Hill, too. Who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. Have the Chargers found their next franchise quarterback? They have found the guy that they will stick with for the next couple of years. Time will tell if he will pan out. You know, I mean, you can have that's such a safe answer. No, 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 no. But but I don't want to say that he's a. Okay, you know what? Yes, I'm just I just want there to be reasonable doubt. You know, where it was like the Browns, everyone was like, oh, Baker's the guy, and now there's some doubt after a whole season of not being, you know, the guy. So they found someone with potential. He's not an instant disqualification. I I just think, like, if they go back to Tyrod is ridiculous. Like, no, they should not. They should not do that, but they're going to do that. Um, And time. Two minutes. All right. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, another two-minute one. Perfect. Um, All right. Is that, like, 60 in a row? Well, I think that covers, safely covers week two and previewing week three. Um Again, we are recording this on Wednesday. Uh, it is September 23. Uh, hopefully this is out tomorrow, September 24, in time for the start, the actual beginning of week two or week three. Um, we'll be back again next week, same time. Uh, this has been the third and forever podcast of week recapping week two 
and previewing week three. I've been your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ohm. Kevin, final words. Zimmer, don't change a thing. (laughs) 